Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Derrigan. Alongside me, as always, is my my glitter trail. My Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. <laughs> I uh, let's see what other references can I do. My um, uh, my magic, my magic wielder, the man with all the all the information, Josh Finney. Oh, man. If you're wondering what Corey is referencing, we just recorded a uh, Boss Rush extra, extra over on the uh, Boss Rush podcast, uh, breaking down the state of Xbox leading into uh, their summer showcase on the 11th. Uh, I don't know if you've gathered this from 147 episodes with us, but uh, we really like to talk about video games together. It's true. And, uh, it's true, we do. Corey tends to, whenever he needs somebody to come talk about Xbox, uh, the, the the phone buzzes. It's true. Look, Josh. So I bring charts. Thing, I bring charts. <laughs> he does. He he literally brought charts and documents and numbers. And I thought I was in school or something. I don't know what I, I don't know what I thought. I I asked for access for this document and I just was like, I okay 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 Josh. Uh, but but seriously, uh, Josh and I for those who are new here hello hi we lean towards the xbox side of of games for a lot of things i would say uh not everything but specifically for, for like our multi-platforms and like the overall yeah. like ecosystem and stuff we're huge game yeah. pass fans yeah hashtag, so, hashtag xbox uh, game pass tm yeah so we just uh we were doing the whole xbox showcase prediction thing and uh you know it, the fable tease uh seems to be what everybody's talking about these days and uh Ooh, boy it's my, that's my glitter trail Josh. There, there's Your some wa- there is some absolutely wild <laughs> shit that we talked about um my five percent yeah. hope that grand theft auto shows up in some way um yeah yeah no it, it went to some crazy places and some uh conspiracy uh, spin foil theory josh came out so uh if you've missed his appearances on this show uh that that's your place to find him um we, we we were talking about uh, and we've been laughing about things like the uh, the PlayStation handheld device that's coming out that's like cloud based, and uh, we, we were reminiscing about like the PSP and uh, just like how at one point I thought that was the future, the the UMDs, and uh, yeah, I I was so excited to buy Advent Children for it, and I was like, I'm never watching another movie on DVD ever again, and. Uh, <laughs> I think I made it through three months watching them on that tiny ass screen before I decided it wasn't worth it. I went through the same thing with a click wheel iPod the same year. So you didn't buy the $400 DVD player that also had a UMD player in it. That was only made by Sony. I did not, but I was Corey. I was so convinced that UMD was the future, that that was how I chose to buy. That was the only way you could buy Advent children in the States at the time was through UMD. Uh, But that's how I chose to buy Lords of Dogtown, Spider-Man two and Casino Royale. And then I later had to explain to my parents, like three months later, when everything was out on DVD, why I needed to buy these again, and that UMD was not, in fact, the future. And I was blinded by my <laughs> love of uh, Luminous and Tony Hawk's Underground Part Two. <laughs> let me let me tell you the movies I had on UMD, Josh. I had I had Spider Man Two. Mine came with Spider Man Two. Mm-hmm. I had Super Bad. Oh and. And uh, what was the other one I had? I had something else. Was, I'm ju- I'm honestly remember. just impressed that that was a thing. We we got on to talking about UMDs. Uh, we were talking about like packings <laughs> of things. Yeah. So we were reminiscing about how uh, PS3s were sold with fucking Ricky Bobby on them. <laughs> that was so funny. Corey and I, Corey and I, ladies and gentlemen, Corey and I go together. In the words of John C. Riley, 
Mr. One Cal Naughton Jr. It's a reference box that he might actually understand. We go together like cocaine and waffle. Yes. We go together like uh, lamb and tuna fish. It's a a big daddy reference for all of you. Yeah. All you. God, that movie's going to be 20 years old soon. That's. It's already over twenty years old, Corey. I hate to break it to you. That movie's gonna be. Is it? Oh, that no. movie is twenty five years old this year. Oh no, I feel gross. Yeah, I feel fucking old. That's one of the first movies I can remember seeing a poster for when I went to go see like some horrible movie when I was like six years old, and I was like, "What's Big Daddy?" And my dad says, "You are not seeing that movie." Um, I was six, so um, so was the kid in the movie. I want to I give a special shout out before we get too deep into the show tonight uh, for everybody who's been guesting with us lately. We, we've had so we've had a great rotation of people. We've had Fox on the show a few times. We've had Joasis, of course. We've had Andre. We've had Ronnie. We had uh, Nerd came back and did a few episodes with us. And me and him are definitely already hard at work anticipating that final shape showcase. Uh, I'm already actively recruiting him and A1 Johnny. There's nobody I'd rather have on my fire team for that reveal. Uh, and of course I want to draw everybody's attention to our, uh, dungeon discussion that we had over the holiday weekend with the one and only Sammy Gobo. If you've been listening to the show since the beginning, you know, Sammy is one of the first people that ever wrote into the show with questions. Uh, they wrote in, uh, Andre and Joasis did, uh, we, they've become pillars of the community. Uh, I really enjoyed talking about ghosts of the deep talking about, uh, what's it like to try and solo a dungeon, uh, our frustrating experiences with that second fucking encounter um just a, a lot of a lot of uh, really good discussion we ranked the we ranked the dungeons at the end and we thought we weren't going to have the same uh final three and we did um so check that out did. check that out we were there's... very proud of it i hear i hear this is the best one of the best ones uh the, spoiler alert we did rank ghost of the deep uh as the number one dungeon in destiny i think it's pretty inarguable the underwater sections may make people go i don't know but man the the lore the loot the it's certainly the best armor set in a dungeon i'm, I'm just saying the bite video i watched on it was uh it, i want to like i'm like man this is this is it made me almost put down uh, Tears of the Kingdom to go play some Destiny, so I can, could be right. Can I confide in you, Corey? I have not touched Tears of the Kingdom since the season started. Yeah, I like I I love Tears of the Kingdom, but I have like, and also I kind of put some of this on like. Long, long story short, I went to the doctor. I mm-hmm. kind of am on some new different medication and it has like maybe not want to play games at all really like i just really don't feel like doing it it, it, it happens um i i went through a similar process a couple years ago so yeah but you know i just i haven't felt the draw to play tears of the kingdom Mm -hmm. really uh as much as i thought i would the problem the problem for me is it's not relaxing yeah that's a very tense game especially because i'm trying to explore um the deaths and yeah, uh, the depths, man. it's a lot, man. I, it's funny that I sit here and talk about how it's not relaxing. And yet the second we're done with this, I'm logging on to Diablo four early access with our friend Ray Apollo. Um, super relaxing, super, super relaxing in a game where I have to min max everything. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we, we will have a Diablo corner next week. I'll be sharing my thoughts uh, over early access weekend, uh, birthday weekend. As a matter of fact, I will be 31 on Sunday. Wow, Josh, you're getting old. I am getting old. Uh, I woke up with back pain last year on my 30th birthday, and I'm already feeling it creep up uh, today. So, uh, Hey, Josh, did you know that your back pain doesn't go away? Uh, I have, in fact, found that out. Uh, a doctor told me and uh, basically <laughs> said good luck. 
So uh, that's fun. I already have bad. I already have bad ankles, so uh, my back hurting is not great. Uh, gonna look fucking Quasimodo by the time I'm 35. Oh my god. Uh, the only thing missing from my life is uh, a priest singing about uh, demons and uh, lust. So uh, oh, no, what? Where? Where are you? Where? What are you? What's happening in your life that that's all you're missing? I mean, I don't, I don't listen, like this sh- at all. Sh- shit's been pretty dark for the last uh, <laughs> several months. I don't know if you know this, Corey. I, I've been kind of going oh. through it over here. My poor therapist. My poor therapist <laughs> has uh, has gotten the brunt of it. Ted Lasso ended, and I'm just in complete disarray. Succession ended, which took some stress out of my life. It's uh, oh. it, man. I've been I've been going through it over here, but. Corey, we have a lot of destiny to talk about tonight. I know we do. There's not, there's not a lot. There's not a lot in the Twab. Thank God, we can actually just sit down and talk about the season. Talk about the first couple quests. I want to talk about these deep dives and these salvages. Um, Talk about some of the lore implications, some of the loot that we've come across. There's so much good stuff in here. Um, I know. There's a lot of the season is like, it's really grabbing me in a way that like it's a meaty season. Yeah, like it's it's a fun season. Yeah. It, like it has a lot going on, but a lot of like things that are different enough to like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to go do this, you know, because like sometimes you get in the seasonal routine and they have like, you know, quote unquote, multiple events. But it's like, yeah. oh, well, this one over here is just a longer version of this one. So the last here. time that we had multiple events to uh, to kind of uh, explain for the folks at home, we had um, back during uh, season of the plunder. Mm-hmm. You had Catch Crash, but you also had the quote pirate hideouts, which really were basically mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. That was kind of their first experiment with let's do two events in a season. Um, and I think that went really poorly. And I'm very glad they went back to the drawing board here because let me tell you something. If we had a third season with fucking Battlegrounds as the event, I was probably going to just tap <laughs> out. I was honestly probably going to take a break because those are fun. I'm glad that, that that's a way to get more stuff into the Strikes playlist, especially with them being Nightfalls and GMs now. But it was really frustrating. I Sometimes I just want to get in and have a mindless arena mode. John, Johnny and I were talking about this very late last night and uh, early this morning. I get the feeling neither one of us is sleeping well right now. We were talking about it and about how much we enjoy things being shaken up because there's the there is the six man activity that's salvage, which is really laid back. It's like seventeen fifty to get in there. It rotates a boss weekly, and uh, some of those have very cool lore implications, uh, such as this this week. One of the taken that you fight is Valkalor, who is the boss of Spire of Stars from the Leviathan Raid Layers, but he's brought back as a taken. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so cool. That's like that's like a little yeah. lore nugget. We know from the triumphs, Kelgarath, and from the lore, Kelgarath is coming back uh, as yeah. next week's boss. Uh, I'm very excited about things like that. Well, the dungeon, one of the, not going to spoil the dungeon, but one of the, one of the. I mean, I'll I'll fucking spoil it because the, we talked about it in we talked about it in yeah. the in the dungeon episode. There are three enemies you fight in there that are from classic quests. One of whom yeah. is uh, one of the knights that you fight in the uh, exotic sword quest from Destiny One. Mm-hmm. One uh, is the is a wizard from the uh, strange terrain uh, strike from uh, Warmind, and then mm-hmm. the other knight that you fight is one of the Court of Oryx bosses. Yeah. So I yeah. I like reaching back into the past and bringing these characters back in. I think it's I think it's exciting. I think that it adds uh, a new dimension to the storytelling, especially when you consider like the lineage of the Hive and the Taken. 
this season is going super hard in on that. And it's just, it's filled with Easter eggs for those of us who have been with the game since the beginning, like the fish tank, even you look at the fish tank and yeah. there's all the artifacts. If you've, uh, if you've been playing the seasons and doing the storylines, like um, I thought those showed up for everyone. They in fact do not our friend Ray and I were playing last night, me, Ray and nerd were all on a fire team and we're playing. And Ray was like, uh we were like hey uh do you somebody I, I think it was nerd was like hey do you have this in your tank and ray's like i do not have that what are you guys talking about like all our seasonal artifacts since chosen are in the tank mm-hmm. including the callous bobblehead yeah. but he didn't have that he just had the, the fish and the the fauna that we've been finding in the deep dives so i thought yeah. that was a really cool way to make it look unique based on what you've done in the game that's the kind of stuff i want to see like it's just like little easter eggs uh based on how mm-hmm. much you've done in the game yeah, I love I love that. I, I love it so, so let's, much. Let's let's talk about why this season is, is different. There's there's two different events. There's the salvages and there's the deep dives. The salvage, it, it's cool. It, like we said, it's it's a pretty laid back event. Uh, six people, you can match make. I'm sure there's going to be a legend mode of this eventually, uh, but for right now, there's not. It's a it's an easy way to go in and try to get some red borders, get some decent armor. There's like the equivalent of treasure goblins that you can hunt also, uh, which is really fun. They drop two legendary Ingrams and uh, a decent amount of rep that you can get. You get mm-hmm. rep for each encounter uh, completed. The, the rep is very generous this season. The vendor rep, mm-hmm. very generous. Yeah. I'm already like rank 11 or 12. And I yeah. would not say I've been grinding this season at all. Mm. Uh, very generous, a little bit less generous with the red borders, but the, the rep has been pretty generous. I I like how laid back that is, and just it's kind of fun. It's a way to reuse the Titan space, of course, um, and it it changes up each time too. You can do a couple runs for the week and not feel like you have to keep grinding it. You can do your, you can even just do your one run that you have to do for the story and then not come back. Deep dive is the activity that I'm loving right now because there are ways to make it harder and get better rewards out of it that we have come to find. You can load in, you can just run through it like normal. And you'll get tier one rewards, which I mean, okay, you can get a moderate amount of rep. I figured out a way uh, a couple days ago to get it to a tier three, and that was really cool. Um, you can find uh, the Spark of Toland and do a couple things, and you'll have a challenge you have to do. Well, last night we accidentally made it a tier five, which is the highest you can get it to. And let mm-hmm. me tell you something: it made that final boss room fucking hard. <laughs> Instead of there being one or two ogres, there were four. And if they basically shot you, you were dead. The boss followed you around the room, too, on top of that. It was hard. We wiped once trying to do it. And then we eventually just had to like start, kind of start chain reviving. But we dropped the boss. We got two chests out of it. Lots of loot. Like 350, 400-ish rep. Without any sort of boosters. It was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But they've adopted a roguelike structure. And I think this is where Johnny and I are really loving it. They adopted a roguelike structure where you get to pick your perks on each level. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. So, like, uh, one of the ones I took last night was uh, the increase to arc damage. Um, I took increase to heavy. And then uh, you got Asha's gift at the end. Corey, I had 700 rounds in my LMG mm. going into the boss battle. When we wiped, <laughs> I switched to rockets and I went in with 12 rockets. 12. It was wild. We needed every single one of those rockets between the three of us. We we went in with like 35 rockets and it still wasn't. Borderline was not enough. Uh, it was a lot of fun though. 
I we were talking and we really hope there's one more uh tier next week with the the third and final boss which should allow us to go even deeper but completing it on with the tier five rewards and if it's if it taps out a tier five i think that's fine because it's plenty difficult at tier five even with a good build and a good team um the rewards are worth it it doesn't take that much longer it takes you like an extra like three or four minutes maybe um the rewards are worth it though that's the biggest thing like it's hard content that's actually rewarding and they're doing this in lieu of legend content i feel because none of this is and it's not required to do a tier five in order to get the title which is maybe the most amazing thing that they've done they're not relying on you figuring out how to activate this because it's very much a bonus thing but i think more and more teams are starting to figure out how to do it we've seen the youtube videos we've seen the tweets about it being able to customize your difficulty in the mission if you just want to go in and chill, you can go in and chill. You want to make it hard because you got an experienced team. You can go in and make it hard and do that. It's really smart. I think it's it's fantastic. If this is indicative of the difficulty that Destiny is going to have going forward, I'm stoked because again, you you can kind of customize the difficulty. Like if it was just like me and Ray going through it, I would have done it on an easier difficulty. I probably would have done the tier three rewards, but the tier five, man, that was that was a genuine challenge. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm max level. I really enjoyed it, though. Uh, I enjoyed putting my build to the test in there. Um, I think things like that are so rewarding, as long as we're not doing it every single season. You know, we're changing up the activities occasionally. Um, Like, I fully expect us to go back to Battlegrounds for the final season. But I think that's Mm -hmm. the next time. We might get some next season leading into it, um, just because if there's a bigger story to tell. But the seasonal stuff doesn't stop there or with the dungeon. They also added a new social mechanic in fishing. They've added fishing. Right. And I'll be honest, fishing is something I really hope they do not vault with the final shape because I think it's so relaxing. You could easily expand this to be on every single planet. It's a JRPG now. It, I mean, it, it literally, it's gone full RPG. It's gone full MMO. Now that it has fishing. Well, it's full RPG. They're owned by Sony, which is a Japanese company. Yep. Yep. Fishing. JRPG confirmed it uh it's it's genuinely been a lot of fun though like I'm actually surprised with it's so simple but it's actually been fun just like sit there and like shoot the shit with my friends like late at night when we're just like hanging out we really don't want to do anything like we've we've done some salvages we've done some deep dives maybe some crucible we just want to go fish for a little bit um Mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun I would really like to see that expanded it's also such a reliable source of seasonal rep legendary weapon legendary gear red borders and exotics for every exotic fish you turn in you get a guaranteed exotic oh really yes for every exotic fish you turn in you get a guaranteed exotic and they're high stat rolls the lowest stat roll i've seen of the four that i've turned in has been a 65 Corey. wow for an exotic piece of armor uh they're really they're really gearing people up for this uh for the final shape it feels like it just feels like everything is like yeah easier you know, like I, I don't even, I don't even know if it's easier. I, one, I actually but... think they turned the difficulty knob up with, uh, with Lightfall. It the game genuinely feels more challenging. They really, they did it with Seraph, and then they cranked it for Lightfall, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, again, I will take being able to customize my difficulty over you have to do either the super easy version or the legend version with no in between. I will take this any day. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't work for strikes and whatnot, but you have the different tiers of Nightfall you can do there. I'd like a more challenging strike playlist, but whatever. Um, you have that, 
And then they still figured out how to weasel in other content. You know, Trials has gotten a complete overhaul. Haven't gotten to experience Trials yet. Um, was a little bit busy fishing last weekend. Um, fishing. It feels like the biggest, like, update season-wise that we've gotten in a long time. So we got the six Taken weapons. You got six Reckoning weapons back. And then you got other you got another return weapon in Randy's throwing knife. You got loaded question back. I forget what the gambit weapon is, but you got you got these weapons back in those rotations. There's a brand new fusion rifle to earn strand fusion to earn in Iron Banner. There's a trials glaive and a uh, the return of the messenger pulse rifle in trials. I think like loot wise, this is a really this is a really rewarding season. The dungeon loot is outstanding. The craftable weapons and the perk. Perk pulls. Johnny has made me eat my words. I now need to go. I now want to go farm last wish for these red borders. I really should have done it last week because it's been confirmed to be a bug and will be fixed by the next time it comes around in the rotation, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, you, you've got you've got stuff there that you can do and you can farm. I they're really wanting to make sure you have all these avenues during the summer. And I think it's very smart to put it in this season with so many good weapons coming to the forefront now. That hey, we wanna we wanna buff your arsenals a little bit, and um, this is probably indicative of how we're gonna do difficulty going forward with dropping light. Yeah, because there's no power increase this season. If you got the eighteen ten, that's it. Um, and how they do this? How they do the uh, the vendor upgrades that we normally just have to go to the war table and buy them, or go, you know, go to Saladin or go to Crow or whoever. There's none of that shit. It's on the seasonal challenges. Uh, menu and they give you xp for each one that you get too it's great it's great keep this keep this system forever they're not there's a couple that are time gated but you can have every single one of these up the upgrades by week three by week three you can have all 10 of them yeah you're not locked out here i am at the beginning of week two and i'm i was already able at reset to buy my first red border guaranteed from the vendor Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, I like this system a lot. I think it's a lot more fair. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you're not being locked out until like week seven or eight to get all of your upgrades. Like when you've already lost interest in the season, the seasonal story is only going to be six weeks long. We're a third of the way through it already. Yeah. Um, I'm completely here for it in a super packed summer. That means now that I can kind of let my attention wander towards the end of June mm-hmm. Yeah, towards the end of June. Well, because we know we know you're going to be sucked in a Diablo in Final Fantasy. So I mean, I got Final Fantasy 16. I already mentioned that I haven't finished Tears of the Kingdom. I'm maybe 50% of the way through the main story on that. Uh, I'll probably be playing Tears all the way up until Starfield, honestly. Um, yeah. But I mean, that opens July up to just kind of do whatever. And then like, oh, okay, I'll wander back for Solstice, see what they got for Solstice. Eh know if i really care about this okay i'm gonna kind of dip back out i'll be back for the final shape reveal um but it'll it frees me up to be able to do other things and i really like that about destiny because at the same time i didn't expect to be engaged with this season and i really like it i think the underwater sections are really creative for a game like this there's no underwater combat which i re- i'm very appreciative that there's no underwater combat mm-hmm. that would be a little too chaotic i think for me um but i like that you can explore around when you're underwater in the deep dives and get plants for your aquarium to make it look even better. Yeah. I think that's cool. cool. There's fishing triumphs you can do to get other things like an anchor or a cannon in your, in your fish tank. You can make it as full as you want. This is cool. I don't want this this to go away. (laughs) 
this is this is the next step. This is this is the uh, the step where we get our our own ship. Oh and, uh, my god! I if I I'm have to talk you. about capital ships again, I'm ooh, I'm gonna have to contact the doctor because that's uh, that's exciting for me. I'm saying I'm saying, man, this is happening. Whatever's after the final shape when we go, you know, when whenever this new game comes out, right? You're gonna build your own ship. And that's going to be instead of buying, instead of getting ships as rewards, you get ship parts to upgrade your ship. Oh, I hope to go so. to all these cool places. I'm saying, I hope so. Calling it, I think. I think it's very exciting. I I really like what they're doing here with these events. I think it's a nice shakeup from again. We had two seasons in a row of battlegrounds. It's nice to have something with like not necessarily lower stakes, but like you can just like kind of go on autopilot if you want to and finish and get your mm-hmm. rewards. Um, but obviously the higher that you do it, the the more likely you are to get good rewards, you know, to get better rewards, to get exotics, get things like that. And turning in the yeah. fish, I mean, my God, it, it's just, it's, it's rewarding when you go in there and dunk them for the XP alone. But yeah. it, it's been such a welcome change of pace from what Bungie probably would have even done like a year and a half ago with this. Yeah. Um, I like yeah. this. There's already a, you know, there, like I said, there's there's a campaign to keep fishing in the game. It's only been in here for ten days, and we're already like, please don't take this out. Um, if yeah. nothing else, it's good to, for us to farm legendary armor and weapons. If nothing else, so it's fishing. It's fishing only on Titan. Uh, no, fishing is not. On, there... Fishing's not on Titan at all. It's not. No, you can't explore Titan. Titan, you can only go to with deep dive and with salvage. Fishing is in the EDZ. Uh, over in the outskirts, it's on Savathun's Throne World, up in the north part of the map, and it is on Nessus, okay. uh, over by where we went to go do, um, where the giant pool of uh, Vex milk is. Okay, where you do the yeah. uh, the inverted Sorry, spire just... strike. Yeah, no, no, <clears throat> haven't been paying attention all that much, uh, but those it's... are the three areas where you can go do the fishing. Yeah. They have a rotating exotic pond each week too, and that's where you can go catch exotic fish, as the name implies. Ooh. Um, and again, for each one of those that you dunk, you get a guaranteed exotic armor piece. Uh, I believe it has to already be in your pool, but I can confirm that if you have some of the Lost Sector, if you have Lost Sector exotics in your exotic pool, those can drop. I have received two so far. Hmm. Nice. So uh, that's exciting. That's another avenue, another route. I don't know if maybe those will unlock um, as you get the rest of the armor. I'd be a little interested to see. But... Um, yeah, that that was really that, I think that was a really cool little touch. Um, obviously, lots of legendary armor and weapons. It's a good shard farm, if nothing else. Ultimately, um, it's a lot of investment, cool. but yeah, I think it's a it's a nice like little low stress thing. You can't shoot your friends. You can't even drive up a sparrow on them because you'll blow up. Enemies that are shooting at you can't hurt you while you're doing it. Uh, the pawns do disappear during the public event, and that's because they want people to do the public events. But it's the most activity yeah. I've seen around public events in years. <laughs> um, like since the launch of the Witch Queen. So that's been a nice, again, a nice change of pace. Um, I think it's all just really, really fun. It's a fun loop right now. Granted, we are 10 days into the season and I'm not going super hard on it. But it is yeah. a fun loop compared to past seasons. That's good. Certainly compared to last year with Haunted when we went back to the Leviathan. Oh, yeah, this is cool. certainly miles better than that or um, uh, plunder. In terms of narrative, I don't know if we're there yet. We're two weeks in. What? I think we talked about her last week. Let's, let's talk about Sloan a little bit here. 
Yeah, let's. Uh... Yeah, she said tell she, about, she had to shed the exosuit that uh, we knew she got during the events of Arrivals. Uh, she had to shed that almost immediately after um, Titan was lost. She had to bond with Taken Energy to survive, quote unquote. Um, and she's friends with this big, big ass Leviathan. Um, yeah, there, there's Asha, a there's a lot Asha, going on. Yeah, right? Asha. We learned a little bit more um, as she communed with the creature this week in this week's story. Um, But it remains to be seen exactly like, and it was kind of like broken and garbled. And admittedly, I was in the middle of doing something, so I really didn't get the full extent of the dialogue. Um, I might play through it on another character just to just to understand what's going on there. But we have been told that we're going to learn more about like the witnesses motivations this season and whatnot. Uh, the veil quest certainly hints at that, um, which, Oh God, that that's a whole nother thing. Like on top of everything else, we got the, we got that quest on Niamuna, which was really cool. right. Um, but they're very clearly setting the stage for light and dark. I mean, you could have easily taken the events of this season and you could have built an expansion around this. Uh, yeah, that almost makes me. I'm very happy they didn't. I think in the past yeah. they would have done something like Curse of Osiris sized, and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, because I think that at, at, also at the same time though, like this is such critical like story information that how can you take this out of the game? Yeah, that that's my biggest issue. I think is that this is still going to be taken out of the game. I'm still holding out hope that like relevant seasonal content will be put back in. Like maybe they'll leave like the story for defiance and the story of deep and whatever comes in the next two seasons, maybe they'll leave that in game Um, because we don't have battlegrounds to kind of tell us that story. Like we do for Seraph and Seraph shield is coming back. We know that, but Uh and we're going to have the defiant battlegrounds from last season, but the mission where Amanda dies is presumably going to be taken out of the game. Uh Like you just have people moping about her. And like, yeah. where the fuck is Amanda? Well, uh, sorry, you had to play during that year. Um, you know, I may not have liked the content during Haunted, but that was so important. That's that's Lance Reddick's best performance in the series, and it's gone. Yeah. Um, it, it's maddening. Like, yeah, sure, take fucking Plunder, which really didn't matter too much. Like, the lore was good, yes, but like, you could take the rest of that out, and it really didn't matter too much. But yeah. we really need that. We need the performances from Lance Reddick, uh, from Courtney Taylor, who does uh, Kaido's voice. We need we need those. We need um, Brandon Brendan O'Neill, who does Crow. Like those three had such huge moments in Haunted, and it's it's just gone. It, it's gone. It's the first time that I've sat there and gone like, I can't believe this is gone. Like Splicer, I like Splicer, but okay, fine. We lost Splicer. We lost Lost. We still have the battlegrounds and the strike from Chosen. Haunted is really the first season that I've looked back on, and I'm like, I can't believe that's gone. Saladin joining the Cabal, yeah. that's gone forever from Risen. Yeah, I mean, they, the Rasputin yeah, stuff start, is gone. Yeah, they got to start putting some of these story cutscene things in the game. Like, I mean, I know they've they've started archiving their yeah, stuff on their we, website, we need on a their YouTube mode. channel, but like, yeah. Yeah, it's just there's all there's so much. It, it's not even that. Man. Like some of these that are like specifically missions, like the mission where you team up with Keitel against uh, the against uh, Callus's Specter, like that should be a playable mission. Yeah, I, I re- and I really we've talked a lot about um, Codename Goliath 
in the past. And I, I don't want this to get into another conversation on that. But I really hope that when they talk Goliath and it shows on their roadmap that it was supposed to line up with the final shape, I really hope that's them saying like, hey, we're putting a lot of this stuff back into the game. Um, and it'll be like a selectable playlist that you can do where you can launch the missions individually. Like it needs to be in the game. We need the base mm-hmm. Red War back. Yeah, We need Forsaken back, especially if Cade 6 is coming back. We need Forsaken back. We need these yeah. events to be back so you can understand the context of what's happening. Especially when those are the only two campaigns that are really... Nobody gives a fuck about Curse of Osiris. And honestly, nobody really cares about Warmind too much. Just Warmind has the Knocker Strike and the Zol Strike, which kind of important to the Hive. Um, it's just it's a, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Like, we need these storylines back. Yeah, we really do. We, we really, really need these storylines back. And it's just frustrating. Um, I think that just like kind of goes into like this whole like games as a service thing. Like all the Destiny One content is still there in D One. D Two is the only thing that's had stuff archived, and we know why. Like all the old raids were archived. Um, God, still really hoping it's Wrath of the Machine this year, but not holding. Did my you breath. see? They asked the Destiny Two teams tweeted out and asked which raid we wanted back unbelievable i did not see that i i missed that and i'm very glad that i missed that because that's frustrating no, i i only saw it because paul tassi retweeted he's like uh what was it today and i'm like it was it might have been it was either today or yesterday okay i gotta i i got i gotta look this up because uh that's i can't believe i didn't see this that's actually yeah. really funny yeah. Um, yeah. Where is it? I, I, I'm, I'm, like... I'm looking it up. Let's uh, let's just let's let's keep going while I'm looking this up. Um, man, it is. It's kind of it's kind of fucking wild. Um, I I don't. There's so many things that you could still do here. There's yeah. so many things you can do this season. Like that's just. I guess that's just what I'm like coming back to is there's so much there and this has been i think just a really 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 solid beginning uh to the season um god i'm still scrolling through his shit um there there's just there's a lot this season this is a fun this is a fun season so far i'm enjoying it um I really, really, really hope that they continue on this path. I The third season, historically, is the roughest. Um, the second season, on the other hand, gave us Dawn. It's given us Chosen. Last year, it gave us Haunted, which was strong in terms of narrative, but not in terms of gameplay. Um, the third season, I think if the third season's a banger, then... We're in really good hands. Um, I still think that they're going to nail this. Um, oh, okay. So thank God it was not the actual Destiny account. I found it. Um, oh, it wasn't? It's okay. Destiny Bolton. I have also been confused by them in the past, and that's why I have them muted. That's why I didn't see this. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he goes, um, <laughs> wait, there are actual choices. Um, yeah. Wrath would be tough okay. considering Siva fallen and building essentially a new raid exotic, but pretty that's pretty much all that's left. They said Crota wasn't big enough and they're not going to start doing Sunset D2 once before Wrath. You bookmark this for the Paul was wrong file when it's Scourge or something. Um, 
God, words do not describe how disappointed I would be for it not to be Wrath of the Machine. Yeah, and we already we we've already given them this the the idea for for two years the the Siva trace rifle. So I think the trace rifle is out now though. After the trace, there's an exotic trace in the uh, new dungeon that's strand, and it would have done exactly what I wanted the Siva one to do. Oh well, give it, it, it so for those who don't know the dungeon the dungeon trace is a uh, exotic strand trace rifle that when you shoot your teammates, you and your teammate are given woven mail um strand armor and then when you shoot enemies they're automatically hit with unraveling uh really fucking good exotic by the way when you pair it with that new warlock helmet this season really fucking good yeah so pop your well stand in there wear the fucking aircraft carrier on your head and shut the fuck up (laughs) i'm kidding i love i love all my warlocks please continue to run divinity and woven mail for me thank you very much um yeah. So we don't have to. Yes, <laughs> so I don't have to. I did it for enough years. It's okay. Um, I I don't know. I, I think we're off to a great start this season. I think that this summer is going to be a fun season. I'm excited to see what they do for Solstice. Um, we are definitely like we're off to the we're off to the races. We're going to have the season the seasonal story concluded by the end of June, which lets us just chill for like two months. Um, the showcase reveal is of course happening on the 22nd of August. Uh, that is when we'll get the new season as well, and we'll get the we'll get the raid finally confirmed. Um, I don't even right. want to imagine what the internet reaction is going to be if it's not Wrath or a completely reimagined Crota's End at this point. I I don't I don't even want Crota's End. Personal as, conspiracy: as a... they're saving Crota's End for the tenth anniversary next year. Um, I think yeah. it's like a tongue in cheek thing, and be like, "Hey, we're going to do a whole celebration of the tenth anniversary, and uh, Crota's End is being given to you there." Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who I was talking about this with. It may have been on last. I don't think it was on last week's show. I think I was talking about this with Sammy actually, um, off camera. I think I was talking with him, and uh, I forget who else was in the party. But uh, as my my pitch is basically give me a couple like do mini expansions leading up to the end of like Final Shapes content cycle um, instead of seasons. Like maybe say, hey, we're we're gonna support Final Shape for eighteen months instead of twelve to give us time to make the next proper installment. Um, mm-hmm. we want to wrap up a lot. We have a lot of storylines to wrap up, but like, give me two that actually wrap up storylines, but give me the one that's in between on the exact 10th anniversary of destiny one, say, this is the final stuff we're ever bringing over from D one into the updated tiger engine. You're going to get a selection of strikes. You're going to get Crota's end rebuilt. You're going to get a couple more exotics and we're going back to the old tower. That's it. We're done. We're done after this. Do not ask us for any more destiny one content. I would be okay with that. I would accept that because then all the major content would be over. Um, mm-hmm. I get the very least you probably get the moon strikes, but I digress. I digress. Um, <coughs> Tanix. Somehow Tanix returned. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, and that that's what we were talking about. Like the assets for the moon strikes are already there for Fogoth and for Tanix. The entire mm-hmm. layout of those strikes is already in the game. Yeah. Like how hard is that to actually add those in? I, I mean, I, I'm armchair developing, but like genuinely, how difficult would that be? Um, you have a lot of Black Garden assets. You could probably pretty easily add the Undying Mind in. Obviously, uh, the Vox Obscura mission has a lot at the beginning of uh, the uh, Exclusion Zone for the Cabal. If they do yeah. not include the Volus Tarak Strike in an anniversary pack, we've been failed. There's no way you can leave out the most meme-worthy thing that has ever been in Destiny. 
Yes, let me hide behind the boxes. Let me hide behind the boxes, but I think also for, like, the Lance Reddick narration, that would be kind of Mm -hmm. fitting if, like, that's the last dialogue we ever have from Zavala, is that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But just, like, it's the original audio. It's, like, clearly not, like, updated or anything. Would be be fitting. Um, I... I guess I, like, I I don't struggle to think of how they're going to top this season, but I think, like, already, if you include... If you include the dungeon in this, like this is one of the better seasons that we've gotten already, just ten days in. Yeah. Um, and I got we're not gonna discuss rankings until we get like the whole seasonal story, but uh it's clear Sloan has gone through a lot of shit. Like, this is kind of a therapeutic season for her. I'm not entirely convinced that Sloan actually makes it out of this season alive. I think eventually that the taken uh stuff eventually overwhelms her she would be the first taken guardian yeah um i think that that's eventually coming uh i really do like she sacrifices herself to stop uh zivu arath's forces on titan something like that um i feel like it's coming that that's going to be a major theme of this year is loss like oh we got her back but she's gone we got asher back but not really um, amanda is helping us out but she's dead and at a certain point, someone's getting fucking rezzed, and it better be a four-armed man by the name of Mithrax. Mm. It just, it, yes. it feels like we're we're seeing an escalation in terms of the storytelling also. Like, I've long said that I want the dungeons to tell stories that not only enhance the season that they're in, but they tell us a greater story within the universe. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got that with the Shattered Throne. That's where we got her. That was that's the end of the Curse of the Dreaming City. Technically, that's the end of the three weeks. Killing Dole and Karu starts it over. But that mm-hmm. was also like one of the first explicit mentions we had that Savathun was in the system. Yeah, you know, because Dole and Karu is her daughter. You you have that. You have Pit of Heresy, which is the first attempt to revive Oryx. And like, ah, okay, you had to really read into a lot of shit to understand what Zulamok was actually doing. It's not explicitly laid out for you, like mm-hmm. Shattered Throne is, or like some of the other dungeons are. Prophecy is fucking weird. That's supposed to be answering the questions of the nine. And uh, let me tell you, I've slept a lot since then. I've drank a lot since then. I don't exactly remember what happened in the first couple times I ran Prophecy. But it's really trippy. But it's argue, it's the, we ranked it as the second best dungeon on our dungeon recap. I would argue I still don't know really know what's happening in, in uh, Prophecy, except for yeah, uh, you wake up in a room with a bunch of giant heads where you go get your loot. And if you get too close, you die. <laughs> Yeah, that that's complete. That's completely fair. Um, you have grasp of avarice, which definitely does not tell a story. It's meant to just be oh, tongue in cheek. This is fun. It's in the loot cave. This and that. Um, with duality, we saw a shift. Duality tells us a story within the context of the season. This is where I have made the argument that I think that the dungeons should come later in the seasons. I understand why they want them at the beginning. I guess should come later so that they can be the conclusions to these stories. In a lot of ways. Um, Duality is cool, but unless you understand what we were doing that season, confronting nightmares and confronting our past demons, you're kind of like, well, what the fuck am I in Kalos' mind? Um, And you realize you're fighting his image of Keitel, which is all cool and stuff, but I shouldn't have to go watch a Bife video as a new player to understand what's going on there. Spire of the Watcher is cool, and Osiris explicitly is talking the whole time about what's happening. That's clearly meant to be a prelude to what happens in Lightfall. Which is yeah. nice. And ultimately, you can see duality as that, too, because that's like, it's implied, oh, that's the moment where Callus is giving himself over to the witness. Um, mm-hmm. 
But again, we'd have better context if we had that final story mission of the season there too. Uh, those two very much are a part 1A, 1B. Yeah. You know, you fight the image of Keitel in her mind, and then you're actually fighting Callus with Keitel to help her overcome yeah. the final trauma. Um, and then you have Ghost of the Deep. And Ghost of the Deep, I feel like this is a prelude to what's coming the rest of this season or what's coming next season. Um, Corey, I know you have not run the dungeon yet. Are you? Do you know the story of what happens in the dungeon? Yes, I okay. do. I do. Okay, so for anybody who has not watched our dungeon recap or who has not actually run the dungeon and remain, wishes to remain spoiler-free, this is your warning to get out now. I'm going to spoil it. Um... I'm just I'm gonna go full spoilers because I think it's important in the context of the season. We have had some requests to discuss Zivo Rath's role mm-hmm. in the story up to this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not really ready to do, the Zivo Rath request came in very late today, so I'm not ready to discuss that now. And I wanna see how this season plays out since she's actually talking to us for the first time. I wanna see how this yeah, plays out. Scary. Oh, it's terrifying the, the first time you hear it. You're like, what the fuck is that voice? And then you go, Oh my god, it's Zivo Rath. You see it up on the screen. Talks in all caps and yells at you in all caps. It's terrifying. Yeah. Mm. But as you're, when you're going into Ghost of the Deep, you are, you encounter these ghost, we're calling them ghost fragments. I don't know what they actually are, but they're memories of Zivu Arath that you're finding. And it's mm. the story of her finding out that Oryx is dead. She was unaware mm. that Oryx was dead up until the events of this dungeon. And yeah. it's her mourning. Oryx. And yeah. it's funny that you're getting all those memories because you think, oh my god, like, well, this this has to be Zivorath's brood, right? No, this is Sabathun's brood. She clearly sent them to Titan before she died because the brood that was on Titan was always Sabathun's. Right. We have the Sabathun song strike, for God's sake. Um, mm. This was always Sabathun's brood, but the, you know, the Lucent Hive are there. You fight a lot of Hive Guardians and Risen, uh, Risen Hive Guardians and whatnot. And they're kind of, it's setting up, I think, for for anybody who watched Game of Thrones, there was this long anticipated showdown. It had been anticipated in the books for years and years. And then throughout the show, it came to be known as the Kilgain Bowl between the Hound and the Mountain that was going to happen. It finally happens in the penultimate episode of the series, and it was really underwhelming when it happened. I feel like they're setting up a showdown between Zivu Arath and Sabathun. Sabathun was clearly trying to resurrect Oryx, because you have to think, a resurrected Oryx via a ghost would have none of his memories. He would have no idea right. what had happened. But Sabathun right. would see the power of Oryx, the Taken King, on her side. That's something to stand up against the witness. We yeah. prevent Oryx's resurrection. The moment where you drop down to the seafloor and you see Oryx's body elicited a, sh- a very loud shriek from me. Isn't that crazy? It is insane. It's so cool. You do DPS on Oryx's fucking face. It's so wild. You're running around doing these things. You know, you're lining up taking King symbol. The, you're lining up Oryx's symbol like you did Sabathun's symbol in the throne world. It, it's crazy. We've already talked about the enemies that you fight in here, but you go through all of this and even the lore in on the weapons is a lot of, it's Evil Wrath Morning. Yeah. And how sentimental she is compared to Sabathun. Sabathun sees everybody as a tool. They're a tool to get her ultimate goal. And we still don't know her ultimate goal, but we're starting to learn a little bit more through the events of this dungeon and through the Neomuna quest that we have. We learn in the Neomuna quest that she's the one who hid the veil on Neptune. It was not always there. She actually steals and goes with it. And that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy that we get the explicit confirmation that that happens. And it's kind of implied from the logs of uh, Maya Sundaresh and her wife. 
it's like, oh my God, like this is, this is stuff. And I mean, that, that felt like a pretty reasonable explanation after the campaign. But when you start looking at these things in tandem, it feels like they're very clearly setting up the resurrection of Savathun. But I feel like we may be the ones doing the resurrecting at a certain point. Mm -hmm. It really feels like it's becoming the ultimate, the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation. Yeah. And that ultimately Savathun's purpose is probably fighting her sister. Let's be totally honest. That'd be so cool. Though. I would love like for pattern. there. I would like, love for there to be a mission where we're like jumping out in space between ships of like the witnesses fleet trying to get yeah. to him. And we just see these two hive gods duking it out. That'd be so cool. That'd be so fucking cool. And I don't know if our consoles could handle it without melting, but that would be a bungee ass thing. That'd be so cool. Dude. We also need to have a conversation it'd about be, it'd be the, it would be the, it would be like, it would almost be like, Remember when you were playing Halo 3 and you realized that you could like climb up into the scarabs while they're walking for the first yes. time? That's kind of like, you know, this era's that, I guess, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. That'd be so cool. I want to watch. Um, we have to have a conversation about Ikora collecting hive carcasses because she sends a team led by Fenchurch down to good old Fenchurch. I'm glad that he's getting shit to do. Uh, he's a member of the Hidden. They go down to retrieve Oryx's corpse, essentially, which we find out that through mitosis has actually been getting bigger while it's been in the ocean. Yeah. And they extract it to put into a Vanguard vault back on Earth. Listen, we already have Savathun's corpse there. Imaru is still floating around. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad idea. This is a really bad idea. I don't what does know. she think she's going to do with them? Dude, I don't know. And it's really starting to worry me. Does Zavala know about this? Like, that's my next question. How much does Zavala know about what's going on here? Right. I digress. Uh, I think that the lore is getting like, I think the stories that we're getting are so wacky now. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, oh, well, space magic. Like, there were people debating all week on Twitter, like, oh, there's no way that Oryx's body would have hit Titan after getting jettisoned from where the Dreadnought was. Blah, blah, blah. There's a chunk of the Dreadnought then. Shut the fuck up. Shut up, you fucking nerds. It, because space wizards. That's all the explanation you need. Because space wizards. Right. I, anybody looking for logic in a game where we are conjuring lightning out of our fingertips? I, I don't know what to tell you. We literally are putting, like, we put Oryx's soul into a fucking gun. Every time we see a hive god, we're like, you want to be a gun? Shut the fuck up or I'm putting your ass in this gun. <laughs> it's been a while right. since I got a new fusion. You could power a fusion rifle over here, man. I mean... <sighs> What if you stuffed orcs into a fusion rifle and you got to shoot little like taken bubbles out? Or I mean, that would be cool. We already have him in Touch of Malice. His literal know, soul but... is in. I find it also funny that know, part of the but... thing that Zevo Wrath is doing in these memories is chastising us, knowing that we will find these memories, chastising the Guardian for not seizing Oryx's power. Right, which has been like a hotly contested topic over the years since the Taken King. Like, if we would have taken it, how powerful would we have been? Would we have been on, like, on par with, like, Rolk, for example? Or what? Right. And right. it's like, damn, do we finally, like, decide in the final shape, like, maybe in the battle against the Witness, to, like, tap into that power finally? I need it to be like a Rodimus Prime awakening scene from Transformers 1986. 
I need it to be, I just need uh, Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime to be like, arise, Erotimus Prime, and light our darkest hour. Like, I need that shit to happen. But, like, with Zavala telling us that, and then just stand, out, out of nowhere, Stan Bush just starts playing. Out of nowhere. The touch starts playing. the touch. Bro, I, listen, I, I swear to God, I'm going, the first time I beat the Witness in Destiny, uh, in the final shape, I'm going to beat him. And the second time I play it, I'm going to have that song queued up when, like, the cutscene plays so that it's yeah. timed perfectly. Yeah. Because I need that. If there is, if there is a, like, Warthog-esque escape from his ship or, like, whatever, you know, portal he's in or whatever and we're racing out Pillar of Autumn style, that is my soundtrack to escape. What a way to close out the final shape campaign, though, is if it was a Pillar of Autumn oh style. Oh my god, Let's Corey, I would, I would fucking cry. They already topped the Pillar of Autumn escape with the escape in Halo Three. Well, I'm just saying, you got to end this game with a chase. Uh, you have, yeah. To. We we need a spare. I think you. It's only fitting if you have a sparrow race out. Yeah, or it's like the one time they give you control of your ship. I would also they did they did ask if you wanted to fly your ship in Destiny that was on a survey. I recently. would accept that. I would I would cr- Corey. I would cry. I would cry if I'm flying. You know this just absurdly shaped ship flying it out. It's like they give you like the default ship just by just yeah. for story purposes. Ugh, God, so much you can do here. So much you can do. Well, they're already giving you Kavastov in all the cutscenes now. So I mean, they might as well give you the ship the default ship that's true listen that's not the weapon that i crafted and got to like level 50 okay that is not rufus's fury bungee <laughs> that is not my glaive bungee oh my god dude <laughs> that is not my fucking glaive you're absolutely right <laughs> um no discussion about the bu- dungeon though can be complete without first off th- this is this is amazing armor this is one of the best sets in the game for every class i think just straight up this is this is amazing yeah, it's pretty the cool. the helmets are very uh, Lord of the Rings like Ring Wraith esque, uh, which I really love. But I God, I just love them across the board. They look so good. Uh, the weapons are a lot. I'm going to talk a little bit about the weapons uh, when we get to Q and A here in a minute. But uh, just kind of flying through this Chwab real fast. Um, they have the ugliest thing I think that they've ever put in Bungie Rewards available. This ugly ass hoodie. That makes you look like it. you went and shopped in the kids section at Target. I mean, look, I like to go to the toy section in Target sometimes. Yeah, but Corey, are you buying a jacket that looks like it belongs on a three-year-old? I mean, I think my son has this jacket, actually. I, I'm pretty sure that all of my friends who have uh, toddlers under the age of four have owned a jacket that look exactly like this. Uh, very cool <laughs> dungeon pin and dungeon seal. Very not cool hoodie. I, this is This is awful. This is awful. Uh, of course, it's June. Uh, so ha- first off, happy Pride. Happy Pride to everybody out there. Uh, I know we have several members in the community that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so congratulations uh, on it being Pride. Have, uh, you know, a happy Pride. I hope that, you know, it is. I know the tensions have been kind of high, especially here in the States. Um, I hope that, you know, we get through this month without any like any incidents. Um but of course, with it being uh, being Pride, a reminder about the uh, Bungie Pride emblem uh, that you can get, and they have one for the uh, they have a ten dollar donation one. It's the it's the Prism one, and all funds raised during the month of June 
will go directly to the It Gets Better project. Um, that's also a charity that I have donated to in the past that I really like the work that they do. Uh, there is a marathon emblem that you can get. You probably have seen it on Twitter. Uh, I think uh, I think it was Ronnie. I redeemed it today. Yeah, I think Ronnie posted the code in the Discord uh, already last week. But if not, uh, it's here in the TWAB. And that's genuinely, that genuinely is about it, uh, which is absolutely wild. Um, I can, I actually cannot believe this. <laughs> this is the smallest TWAB that we've had uh, forever um yeah yeah it's uh oh boy the twab um short twab short twab uh they do include a link to a tweet down at the bottom though from the destiny 2 team uh we wanted to see what a screeb looked like scaled up five times and the results were horrif- results oh, were horrifying that. this scared the absolute shit out of me and i fully envision this being uh something they put into a future raid Oh no, I don't like it. I don't like it don't either. Like it. it absolutely terrified me. Um, so good luck, have fun, I guess. Josh, I don't want this. Just saying. It's not it's it. not great. It's not great. Um <laughs> oh man. Oh man, <laughs> it's it it's it's abs- it, oh it's terrible. It's terrible, my friend. Oh man. Good times though. Maybe for someone, for someone, not for us. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have the return of lore corner here tonight. So let's, let's go ahead and head to questions. Let's question questions, questions, questions. Um, so Joe Asus writes in and asks of all the cheeses you sampled this weekend, which was your favorite and least favorite way to break the game? There's a number of cheeses that were discovered this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. I, 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 I saw. I'm torn. I don't have a least favorite cheese, first off. It's almost a three-way tie. Because uh, the new Trials emblem that you only get if you win every match by not trailing on a flawless ticket, um, mm-hmm. that's bugged. If you just go flawless at all, you get it. Which is making some people very angry and very upset uh, over a fucking emblem. Um, there is the... You can do Cali in uh, 45 seconds in Last Wish. Uh, which was just absolutely wild. We just sat there and tanked her and then uh, ran to the other side of the room and loot popped. And then there's my personal favorite, which is uh, you can cheese the dungeon boss on Master without ever getting shot at if you have Wither Horde. (laughs) I definitely did not do this multiple times this weekend for free Artifice Armor and for the Master Sparrow. Of course not. Of course not. I I would never defile the sanctity of a Master Dungeon. You're you're a you're a purist. I'm a purist. I would never ever do this. I would never do it, Joe. Uh, and my favorite cheese that I had this uh, this weekend was absolutely. Uh, I had a nice uh, Dubliner with some crackers. Uh, that would be my Ooh. favorite cheese I had. Ooh, well, you know, I live with children, so we have string cheese and crafts singles. Listen, you don't have to be a you don't have to have children to have string cheese in your house. Source, I have it, and I love to get uh, cheese fresh sliced at the <laughs> deli because uh, I'm a fucking old man. Um, I, I like my cold cuts. Nerd writes in and asks, what's the next weapon you'd like to see as a damage meta? Glaives, baby. Glaives. 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 Glaives all day. Um, if we're talking like actual like DPS metas, um, 
I mean, I kind of got LMGs last season. I only got to enjoy a season of them. I'd like this. I would genuinely like to see heavy grenade launchers uh, come into the rotation. It's just we thought it was going to be that with Wendigo, and then it wasn't. Um, same with Regnant. Regnant is still good, but it definitely wasn't like super OP. I would love a return to the heavy grenade launcher meta. I think that was that was one of the most fun heavy metas that we've ever had. Um, and I feel like this season would have been a lot of fun uh, with it being an arc themed season and like being able to use anarchy and whatnot. I think this season could have been a lot of fun uh, for yeah. that. Gla- Glaives and heavy grenade launchers, baby. That's what I want. I want glaives. Glaives all day. You want glaives. Corey says glaives all day. Especially with those new hunter gauntlets. Woo. Um, just, just saying. Tiger Jesus, someone who writes in frequently. Tiger Jesus 64 asks us, do you think Io or Mercury will get the next dungeon? Uh, I'm going Io. Yeah, I'm going to say Io. I think Io makes sense in the context of the story. Um, it is mm-hmm. the last place that the Traveler was at before uh, it uh, came to Earth to defend uh, Earth against the uh, attack of Nezarak, as we now know. Yeah. Um, so it holds significance there. Uh, it is the planet that Akora goes to, of course. It is the planet that Asher Mir uh, was the vendor on. So I feel like Io will come back as an explorable space. And there's also like three strikes you could bring back. The Whisper of the Worm mission is there. There's there's a lot of things we can do here. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, and I think it's just like, I know the Pyramidian is technically brought down by Asher in the lore. Um and I mean, Brachion falls into the Vex network with Asher. And we, we kill him for good in the Vex network. Um, I think there's just, there's a lot of war relevance there. Of course, the Tree of Silver Wings was there um, that we mm-hmm. saw grow throughout Arrivals. There's, so there's there's a lot of precedence there for us to be going back, I think. Um, and I yeah. do, to be completely here, I do think the dungeon would take place in and around the Cradle of the Traveler, um, if there were to be one. I think that's just more interesting than Mercury, personally. Um, yeah, Mercury. We need a complete destination overhaul if we're going back to Mercury. Like that's going to have to be Crota's end. Ended. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's uh, man. Mercury was rough, man. It's it was so it was so promising, right? Yeah, with the infinite forest and it just like. Uh, I really sorry. feel like that was an idea that was like before its time. Oh yeah. Uh, personally, I, mean, I think I think if they I think if they did Mercury now, they would definitely hit on the on all the right, whatever, right? Like I think Mercury would be cool now. I agree. But, uh, you know, rip Mercury. I guess R.I.P. Mercury. Um, one of my favorite strikes. I absolutely love the uh strike. I like both of the strikes on Mercury. Actually, um, I thought they were both really fun. Uh, Jiggly Panda. Writes in and asks, Jiggly Panda. Jiggly Panda. Do you ever think Bungie would let us do the 12 man raids again for the end of D2? Yeah, I feel like when they inevitably do a D2 Age of Triumph, they're going to bring that back as a thing. Like 12 man raids, strikes, nightfalls, just like let that crazy error go like wild. Yeah, that was crazy, man. I think I feel like they would let us do that for for a time. That yeah. like a couple or like it would be select activities each week where they would let you do that. I do think yeah. I do think a 12 man raid within the context of the story is inevitable at some point. But I think that it would require us to be off of Xbox One and PS4 to do it. I don't, yeah, I don't think I mean, you're getting that while we're still supporting <laughs> hardware from 2011. I would uh, I would very much like to for this game to be off of those consoles at some point. I would very much I'll like want, to, yeah. It, I want to, st- we're, we're almost four years into this consoles. Yeah. Why, 
Oh. It's not great. Uh, Jiggly Panda also writes in and says, what is your favorite dungeon weapon or armor set in Destiny? Oh boy, my favorite armor set. I mean, I'm rocking the cowboy stuff right now, but I think I think it's just because I got the cowboy hat like a couple weeks ago yeah. and I'm not taking it off because I'm so proud slash embarrassed by it. Uh, I do think that that armor set is cool, though. Um, I think the... When you have the whole thing equipped. For me, best armor is 100% Ghost of the Deep. My runner-up is the Thorn set. I think the Thorn set from Grasp of Avarice is really cool, too. Um, but those are both yeah. like more of my personal style, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As for weapon suite, I need to play with this one a little bit more. I don't want to like jump out after four days and be like, oh, it's Ghost of the Deep. Um, armor's a little bit easier to judge than weapons, I think. The weapon rolls yeah. you can get are really good, but I think <sighs> the fact that we've had two different suites in Prophecy kind of weighs into this decision. We got the Ikelos weapons back in the first wave. And then when mm. they redid the weapon pool a year later, they gave us all of the old Trials of the Nine weapons, and they were actually good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Prophecy for the weapon pool, even though it's mostly reprised weapons. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Prophecy. Yeah, I really like the. I really like the Prophecy uh, stuff a lot. I I like the weapons. I would pick that for weapon pool also. I think. So, uh, Joe Asus has another question. Uh, question for Josh: How will adding Volt Shot to the new Trials Glaive affect LeBron's legacy? Uh, goat, goaded status. Yep. He, he was already there uh, after the legendary Mike Breen call blocked by James on uh, on Iguodala, <laughs> one of the greatest plays I've ever seen in the history of any sport. Um, even though I desperately wanted LeBron to lose, um, but in all seriousness, no Volt Shot on that uh, on that. Trials Glaive has me really giddy. Uh, I'm very excited thinking about that, especially with the uh, new uh, Hunter Gauntlets with uh, yeah. all the Glaive perks. Very excited to see how that one shakes out. Uh, Ronnie asks, uh, will the Chwab be renamed down the line once Destiny and Marathon are out in the wild or will it cover both at the same time? We talked about this last week. Um, we did. We, we were actually yeah. asked this exact question last week. I don't remember if it was... Uh, Tiger Jesus or Knox? I think one of them asked us this question. I think it was Knox. Uh, if it was not one of you, uh, whoever asked it, I'm sorry that I forgot who you were. Um, but we did answer this last week. We think they're going to be separate, and I have no idea what they'll yeah. be called. The, the Twid, the Twim. Yeah. I, mm, yeah. Twab is just yeah, iconic. Be... I feel like Twab probably sticks around for Destiny. Um, yeah. And then Ronnie also asks. He goes, I mean, oh, well, go ahead. Well, go you, ahead. Could, you could almost do like Twab parentheses destiny twab gross gross i know it is gross gross, but you could technically do that gross um ronnie also asks us uh he goes i think we are personally eating good in the weapon sandbox what has been your go-to weapons as of late while playing oh man um Uh, I'll, I'll, i'll give Corey some time to answer or to think about this one um the new smg from the dungeon no distractions. I've been enjoying that. I have a rangefinder incandescent on it. Um, I also really like the new rocket launcher, um, Cold Comfort, which uh, I got with Chill Clip and uh, Envious Assassin. So it's fun running around with three and three or four in the chamber. That actually is really fun. 
Um, other than those, I'm running Randy's Throwing Knife again now that it drops with random rolls. <laughs> really enjoying Randy's Throwing Knife. And uh, I really like the, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, the Stasis Pulse Rifle that you can get from, uh, or not Stasis, the Strand Pulse Rifle. You can get uh, the Taken one. Really enjoying that one. I've got that one with Moving Target Hatchling. That's been a lot of fun in BBE for me. Uh, Corey, what are what are you kind of feeling here a couple weeks into the season? Well, I I got the shotgun from the story mission. Oh, really? I really like the shotgun. I love the shotgun. I I mean, that's I you know me and shotguns, and it it takes a lot for me to take the glaive off, but I, I I'm rocking the shotgun. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of what I've been playing around with. I mean, like I said, I haven't really been playing a lot this season just because of other things going on but uh i will have time over the weekend to dive deeper uh but i really i really like the taken uh weapons i you know i think i think they all look great i i want to have more of them i want i want them all you know i want to take them all take them all take them all I had the exact same thought. We're, we're <laughs> right here. We're right here, Corey. I know. Um, Joasis has the final question of the week. He goes, also, in a week two Veil quest, Siva is brought up as being a key factor in creating this containment unit. Do you think maybe next season we'll have a Siva element and they bring back Wrath of the Machine? I have actually not done the Veil quest this week. I'm really glad that you brought this up. I have not done this yet this week. Um, this is my cue to go in and do it, I guess. Um... If, I mean, you could have I, a SIVA element, but the problem is SIVA's largely been contained to the Plague Lands. And the one, in, even then, the the only, the whole reason that the heist in the tower happens for the Outbreak, uh, Outbreak Perfected quest is because they're trying to steal that weapon to, re- to copy and clone SIVA. Um mm-hmm. We know that Siva Siva's actually Siva's mentioned in uh, the Lightfall campaign as well um, as being yeah. instrumental in building uh, Neomuna, I believe. So, I think there is room for that. I think that you're kind of walking on like tricky ground when it comes to Siva because Siva can't Siva's not a wielded element; it's a technology. And I know that you understand that, Joe. Um, I, I know you're when you say element, you mean storytelling element. Um. I think Siva truly was something that Bungie just like kind of made up because they needed something for Wrath of the Machine or for uh, Rise of Iron. Remember, Rise of Iron was not in the original plan for Destiny mm-hmm. One, so right. it was just kind of made I mean, up. They pumped that thing out in like eight months. Yeah, <laughs> they pumped that out in record time. Which is why there's only like four story missions. Um, I don't think the them referencing it is necessarily a coincidence. I think it's more of an effort to like bring that. That's kind of the expansion that like doesn't have any sort of meaning really, mm-hmm. and I mean I hate saying that because I know we all like seeing the story of the Iron Lords and of Saladin and becoming an Iron Lord ourselves. It has no stand. It's the only expansion that has no standing on the greater universe. Like the yeah. Dark Below, Warmind, House of Wolves, all had standing. This is almost as inconsequential as Curse of Osiris ultimately was. Yeah, and that's saying something. That's that's pretty bad. So I don't know what they'll actually do there, but they could. Although Rise of Iron was better than Curse of Iron. It's it's definitely better. Uh, Despite how much I may not care for it, it's definitely better. I I will admit to that. Yeah. Um, Plus they gave us Outbreak Prime, which is... They did give us Outbreak Prime. But, uh, Corey, let's, uh, 
Let's head to let's head to the lore corner. We haven't been here in a little while. Lore corner. Lore corner. Oh, I want to I want to say one thing on Siva Go real ahead. quick Go though ahead. before we before we move on. It's uh so Bungie kind of came out and said that they were done with Siva too at one point. Mm-hmm. Real uh it might have been when they were data mining season of the splicer and everybody thought it was going to be a Siva season. Yes, I remember <laughs> this. And uh but I do think like yeah, Siva's been brought up a couple times this uh, expansion in this season. Uh, and maybe that's how they get... Maybe that's how you please the people who want Siva is to bring back Wrath and maybe tie a, a, you know, like a mission or two within the within the area of the raid or something. I don't know. I just... Uh, I think with Strand also, like, that kind of fills that, that Siva kind of power fantasy almost in in a few ways to where like siva really isn't needed yeah so yeah i i think that we've evolved beyond the need for siva as a storytelling device too mm-hmm. um yeah. <coughs> but Corey, right, lore corner let's head to the lore corner uh we've we've got two pieces to read here uh real quickly uh the first is for the seasonal weapon that you can acquire from the vendors last right how will you choose to die? That's a great way for this to start off. Oh, God. Kaido and Saladin sit alone in the council chamber. Two metal bowls bearing the inscription Perun sit between them. Each holds a pile of small, smooth stones that rattle along the hum of the Elagos Lex 5's engine. Saladin rolls a stone in his fingers. He leans forward and places it on an intersection of lines seared into a thick leather mat. He taps the table beneath it. These stones are like legions raising your banner, each one placed as a claim. He leans back in his seat and gestures to her. Turn. Keitel's eyes remain on the spot where Saladin placed his stone. She flicks an azure stone from her bowl onto the mat, then nudges the stone adjacent to Saladin's last placement. Aggressive, but the object isn't to kill. Establish borders, hold territory. Saladin's words are measured as he places a counterstone. Keitel considers a flanking maneuver, then a defensive line, or... Speaking of borders, Kaido flanks. You place too many between yourself and your legionaries. Saladin looks up, then back to the board. Kaido continues. It is how Tarrant chooses to die, rather than ossify into an immobile monument of bone, drawn on a cart that the young may hear their wisdom. Saladin shoots her a look, then connects a line of stones in defense. I'm not an executioner. You carry a large axe, she spars, placing another stone by his. He groans and places a stone away from the clash. Tarnth respects your command. She bears your iron banner, Kaido continues. Death by your hand would be an honor. Saladin sighs. That's not how I see it. Because it is not your custom. In the age of conquest, warriors nearing death were gathered into legions and deployed at the tip of the spear. A final glorious death charge seen by all. Kaido considers her next move. Callus did away with the practice. Denied our greatest of their glorious deaths. He surrounded himself with a host of petrified elders soaking in their council. Those who resisted were shown the fighting pits to reclaim last honor. Most soldiers were called home to Torabottle to live out their lives in the Empire, paid as citizens, but many still chose to die on distant battlefronts when the opportunity presented itself. This is comfort for her. Saladin captures her first to Saladin Stone. Fine, but this is my last rite of proving. Very well. She wishes you display her bleached skull in the barracks. Saladin glares up at her and moves to secure a corner of the board. You're joking. Yes, she snorts. It goes to her family. 
This is very enlightening for Cabal Death Customs. We've come to learn more and more through Saladin's experiences with the Cabal. And I, I think it's pretty telling that this is on the seasonal weapon, where it's more likely to be seen than, you know, some of the other items we may get. I like that we're learning more and more about the Cabal Customs, just as we've learned about the Elixni ones through Mithrax and Ido. Um, I think it's important to understand why these races are the way that they are. You know, the Cabal are mm -hmm. in this transitionary period, and it's kind of like, well, Kalos did away with the practice. Maybe he was on to something there. Maybe that's like, there's there's a meme that goes around on social media. The worst person you know just made a just made a good point. Like that's kind of how we are here. Like maybe Kalos had a point in sparing lives. If you want to go die on your own, go for it. But this should not be our custom at all. We are a we are a species that is verging on extinction at this point. After the description mm -hmm. of Torah bottle. Um, so I, I like that. And I'm curious to see how like this philosophy plays out more and more. Because we know like Keitel and her troops aid us a lot on Niamuna, for example. She and her troops help us hold down the veil containment against Kallus. Um, ultimately, they're all killed except for her, but they help hold it down with us. She sends her she sends her legionaries and her balluses to help us during the battlegrounds missions that we did, the PsyOps ones. It's very tough. I mean, she for God's sake, she she's got uh she got centurions protecting the tower now, mm -hmm. in the tower and in the helm. Like this is this is pretty big for her. Like I think she maybe she's finally coming around, and I think that part of that is Saladin's influence. Also, I don't think we get to that point without Saladin. Right. So, uh, that that's kind of nice to be thinking about. Our second piece comes to us from the Purpose Lore book, uh, which you get for doing the seasonal storyline, uh, and this is called Debriefing. Sloan, commanders of Allah's voice, sounds distorted as if he were underwater. The chill running down Sloan's spine only adds to the sensation. She knows she had been gone for a while. For how long, she isn't sure. Sio Chain's internal chronometer had glitched out shortly after Titan disappeared and took them with it. Sloan had been left to measure the passage of time by feeling it in her bones. The universe moved on without her. That was to be expected, but Sloan still can't believe Zavala's debriefing. The words crash into her like one tidal wave after another, threatening to knock her off balance and fill her lungs with brine. Stasis. Keitel. The House of Light. Sabathun. The Lucent Brood. Niamuna. Amanda. Sloane's thoughts drift back to the wake of the Red War. Call signs and banter as Holiday's hawk flew overhead. Small talk between sorties. Quiet moments of shared laughter between the staccato of gunfire and roar of jet engines. A friendship chiseled into marble one stroke at a time. Amanda was always fearless, the first to stand up, the last to go home. Why did she always have to be such a damn hero? Sloan, Zavala says again. She realizes she's been clenching her fists. She might have been shaking. Sloan's eyes focus once more, meeting those of her commanding officer. He looks different than she remembers. His eyes seem older, wiser, and filled with something that catches her off guard. Is that pity? Can he see it? The pit growing in her stomach, this yawning chasm that yearns to swallow her whole. Is he questioning her resolve? Her ability to see this through? To do her duty back on the front line so others don't have to? Does he see your weakness? Sloane clenches her fists again. Sir, she replies. Her voice holds steady. Understood, sir. Zavala's brow furrows. It's a lot to take in. If you need to, I don't. A moment of silence passes. Sloan does not let him see anything, Zavala nods. Very well, he says. Dismissed. Sloan salutes and returns to her station. She would be the first to stand up. 
and the last to go home. Um, I mean, this, this is kind of your standard stuff. She's, she's being caught up on everything that's happened. But I think this also plays into what we were just discussing about will, will the Taken that's within her eventually overtake her. And I think that that's uh-huh. a fair thing to consider because fucking Zivorath yells at her here. Does he see your weakness? That is Zivorath. It's in all caps. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, not great. Definitely plus, not great. Like, plus in the opening of the first mission, she says that she c- can feel them. And, yep. you know, she tries to play it off as like, it's kind of like being in their comms or whatever they call them. But it's like, right. she can feel them. You know, and uh, well, it's that I wonder, but we're also harvesting the we're harvesting the the Aragor coral. Yeah. And she's absorbing that. And it's taken when you're absorbing it, when you're gathering it in these missions. Um, yeah, that can't be good for her. <laughs> no, probably not. It's probably go, amplifying go these voices in her head. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So just uh, just a uh, couple of little nuggets here to kind of ease us into the seasonal storytelling. Um, we've got some more and I'm, uh, I'm mapping out what we're going to do for the rest of the season right now. My cat is crying in the background. I, I hear my cat is very upset right now. I don't know why. Probably cause I have not given it attention in three hours. Well, you know, we're busy. <laughs> Hello, cat. Raven, shut up. <laughs> You know what you know what my cat does when I don't give her attention for three hours? What? Sleeps. Mine has slept most of the day, but she's very he well, he is very upset because Chelsea is at work tonight. So mm. my co pilot. Oh cat. Raven, say hi to everybody. Hey everyone. Hello, cat. Hi. I got at my first dad. I thought you said a at first, I thought you said Revan. I was like, "Oh, you uh, named no, it after his name Star is Riven, uh, spelled exactly like Riven from uh, Last Wish." So, uh, Corey, why don't you get us on out of here, though? Yeah, uh, it's been a it's been a good night of podcasting. It's been a very Josh, good night. Uh, I'm very I'm hungry, very... and I have a little man who needs my attention. Yeah. So, uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. Uh, you can follow Tower Casuals on social media at Tower Casuals. Join the Discord. <clears throat> Join the Discord. That's, uh, where, that's where most of the action happens. Uh, Going to be honest with you. Uh, Episode 150 coming up. Yeah, man. Two weeks. Two I weeks will have a giveaway for episode 150. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe I'll dig something up and, and give something away, too. Because uh, I have a couple Destiny things lying around. So, uh, Josh, where can we find you? Uh, you can still find me on Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn, two N's. There's going to be a lot of uh, Diablo and uh, Spider-Verse talk over the next week. Oh, boy. Uh, you can you can find me at IamCoreyNHD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me in the Discord, on the internet, all these other places if you really want to follow me. You know. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye.